Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. I want to welcome you to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. And how about those parents who dedicated their children and those folks who took their next right steps in baptism? Yeah. I'm telling you, that just... That does my heart well. Now, my responsibility to start off today is to welcome you again. And listen, if you're here for the first time, maybe you're tuning in online for the first time because you're supporting somebody in your family or one of your friends that took that giant leap of faith today, I just appreciate you being here. We're not going to make you introduce yourself, ask you for anything, do anything crazy. We're just so thankful that you came to support them, or maybe you're just here for the first time checking out the church. We're just glad that you're with us. So I think you've joined us at a good time because not only is it Celebration Sunday, and we will conclude this service by celebrating communion together as a church family. So our online campus, at any time, you can get up and get some bread, crackers, juice, water, whatever, and celebrate with us. But we're also finishing up a series that we've been in called Hidden Realities. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at things in life that we can't necessarily see, but we know are real. We know uh, they're a part of our life. And we're going to finish today by looking at the hidden reality of our pain. And pain, or, or think of it as suffering or discomfort, it's something that we really can't always see, but we know it's in our lives. We know we deal with it from time to time, whether it's physical pain a lot of times emotional pain, you know, relation, relational pain or mental pain, anguish, things that we deal with, and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult in life, and I think if we don't have the proper way of dealing with our pain and our suffering, then it's going to hurt us down the road. Now, some of you today, you'd probably admit, or, or those of you that are, that are watching from home, you'd say, you know, that's me today. There is emotional pain in my life, or there's mental anguish in my life. And you would really say, hey, you know, my life's not going that great right now. None of us are exempt from it. And when you think about the world's response to pain, what, what does the world say? The world says, hey, if you'll just, you know, take something for it, or if you'll just forget about it, it'll go away. Right? That if somehow we could simply block from our mind whatever caused that emotional, emotional pain or, or relational pain in our life or suffering, if we could just block that from our mind, if we could just pretend that it, it never, ever happened, then somehow, magically and mysteriously, our pain's going to go away. But I think we all know deep down that we can't just ignore it, that that's not true. It's not just going to go away. And if you think about society too, pain is always viewed negatively, right? It's never viewed in a positive light. So I thought, man, what a better Sunday. You've had an extra hour of sleep, so you're rested, you're recharged. I'm going to introduce something radical to you. And it's learning number one on our outline. If you want to follow along with our notes, download that Church Center app. But suffering can be viewed in a positive light. Pain, suffering, discomfort can sometimes be a good thing. 
You know, you think about it, pain can alert us to something that's going on somewhere, maybe in our life, something we need to deal with, something potentially we need to change in our life. And we may not like the fact that God could actually use our pain and our suffering for good. He could actually use it in our life on our spiritual journey to get us to a point we need to be or to get us to change something or evaluate something in our life. And some of you are familiar with the promise, God's promise in the scripture that says that he can bring good out of our difficult situations, right? Romans 8, 28, and we know, you know, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. The problem is when you and I are in pain, when we're suffering, we can't necessarily see that good right away, right? And sometimes that good that comes out of our difficult situations, it's not necessarily for us. And that's, that's kind of the disheartening part, the loss, the divorce, the, the painful circumstance you're in. There will be good that comes out of it eventually, but it may not be for you. Maybe for one of your kids, maybe for someone that you don't even know, but that is one of God's promises. Through our difficulty, through our painful situations, he can use it for good. And the good he uses when it comes to us uh, the, the part, I guess, that is for us is the fact that he can get us to a different point in life or motivate us. One of the things he can do is motivate us to action, to do something that we should be doing or that he wants us to do in our life. Look at Proverbs 20, 30. Physical punishment cleanses away evil. Such discipline purifies the heart. So a painful circumstance in life or a difficult experience in life really has the ability to motivate us to change, to even, as that verse says, to purify our heart. Here's something else, learning number two. Suffering can move us to do things we'd rather delay. Anybody a procrastinator? Yeah. A lot of times, we well, thank you for your honesty. A lot of times, we procrastinate. We put things off that we really don't want to do. Nobody has to motivate us to do the things we want to do. It's the things we really don't want to do. But when it comes to pain in our life or suffering in our life, a lot of times, it's not till we get to the end of our rope that we're ready to change, right? Or we hit, completely hit rock bottom. You, you probably know people in your life, maybe it's you, you hit rock bottom in an area of your life and you realize, man, it's now, it's time to change. I think about the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. You know, he squanders every bit of money his dad gave him in his inheritance, but it wasn't until he was hungry and starving did he decide to change. Did he come to his senses and realize, I was wrong. I've sinned against my father. I need to beg for forgiveness. It wasn't until that breaking point of being at rock bottom did he decide to change. Sometimes God will do the same for us, right? He can use our suffering in life to direct us maybe onto a different path than the one we've been taking. Psalm 119, verse 71. My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees, who wrote that? King David, he's saying, hey, pain, suffering, difficulty, it can actually be a teaching tool. It can teach us in life. So I think as we're talking about this today, when we're talking about pain 
or suffering or difficulty in life, we should be asking the question, no matter what you're dealing with personally, we should be asking God the question, what are you trying to tell me? Are are you trying to get my attention in an area of of my life? Are you trying to do something or show me something in my life? Again, often we just focus on the negative of pain, and we only focus on that pain and not the positive that God could be using it in our life. And so we need to ask him, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing through this? What is it I need to learn? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces, he also corrects. God disciplines us, because we talked about a little bit last week, why? Because he loves us, right? Those of you that are parents, or even grandparents, wouldn't it be awesome if we didn't have to discipline our kids? Or, Or even if you got a pet, right? A dog, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to discipline our dog or our children? Right, But why do we discipline our kids? Or if you're a grandparent, when they're over at your house, why do you discipline them? It's for their own good, right? To correct them, to push them to where they need to be or to get them on the right path or to keep them on the right path, right? It's because you love them and you want the best for them. That's what God does for us. It's not that he likes and enjoys seeing us in pain or suffering, but sometimes he's gonna use that to get us back on point, to where we've gotten off point. It's not because he's angry with us. It's, you know, we established that last week, the hidden realities of God. It's not that he doesn't love us or he's disappointed with us. He does it for our own good. He does it the same reason a parent does is simply because he loves us. And if you think about it, you and I are slow learners, right? A lot of times we don't learn when things are going well. We learn when we're suffering. We learn when we're having difficulty or failure in our life or trials and tribulations in our life. That's when we learn the most. Here's something else, learning number three. Pain gives us the, a chance to live out our faith. Right? You, let's say you've got emotional pain going on in your life or even physical pain. It gives us a chance to actually put our faith into action. We don't you know, we don't know the real us or how strong we are in our faith until our faith is actually tested, right? Until it's put to the test. Think about when you're physically in pain, you're sick. What do you care about? Do you care that your hair's messed up? Thank you. You don't. Amen. You don't care that your hair's messed up. You don't care about all the things that you haven't done at work, right? You don't care about the dishes in the sink or all the chores in the house that you haven't done. All you care about is getting better, right? When it comes to emotional pain, we don't care about all those frivolous things in our life. We care about learning, God, what are you trying to teach me or what are you trying to do in my life? We want to get well, figuring out what we need to do to get well. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Look at what James says about our difficulty. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
So again, when we're in difficulty, when we're in pain, our faith has a chance to grow. James is saying that stress, that pressure, wherever we're experiencing it from, right? It could be a marriage, it could be a relationship, it could be at work, it could be a friend, extended family, or wherever that's coming from is going to eventually reveal our true faith. Because we can either lean into our faith really hard or we can abandon our faith. Another thing God does with our pain is he prepares us. He may be using your pain right now to prepare you for something in the future. Think about that. It might not be to get your attention. It might not get you to change paths. It might not get you to grow your faith. He may be preparing you for something that's coming down the road. Think of um, Joseph in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. The, The guy is beaten up by his brothers. And then Instead of killing him, they decide to sell him into slavery. So he becomes a slave in Egypt. And then he gets falsely accused of rape and thrown in jail. Up until this point in the story, his whole life is pain and difficulty and discomfort and suffering. And it's not till you get towards the end of the book of Genesis do we realize that God was using that pain and suffering in Joseph's life to prepare him to be a great leader. He became a great leader in Egypt, saved Egypt from a seven-year famine, even saved Israel. And when he got to the end of that, here's what Joseph said, Genesis 50, 20. You, talking to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. All along, God was using that pain in Joseph's life to grow him and to prepare him and to strengthen him. We never know what God might be doing through our pain. Again, it's those dark moments in life, those worst moments in life we grow the most. So let's look at James again, but let's add the the fourth verse to it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In other words, there is a really high probability we're going to go through pain and suffering as we grow and as we mature in life. And that verse says we shouldn't try to shorten the process, you know, what God's taken us through. Yeah, we want to get better quicker. We don't want to suffer as much, but we can't short circuit what God's trying to do in our life. 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, when we have that partnership with Christ, which people demonstrated uh, today, their outward public uh, profession of faith, we know and realize Christ is all we need. And oftentimes we realize through our suffering and through our pain, it's not just all we need, it's all we really have when you boil it down. I lost a dear, dear friend, one year older than me in August, and it was so sudden. I mean, he was sick, we knew he was sick, but we thought, He had so much time to take treatments, and the doctor had a treatment plan, and we talked about this on a Thursday night, and then Friday morning, he was gone. But through that whole process of getting to talk to him at different times, you know, we both came to the conclusion, man, all you ever have 
at the end is your faith. Right? All you ever have at the end is Jesus. But Jesus is all that any of us ever need. Our pain can come at a moment's notice. And the closer it is to our life, whether it's impacting us or someone we love, the more real and personal it gets. And that's why that relationship with Christ is so key. Because again, it's all we have. It's also all that we need. And see, Christ doesn't just understand our pain. Oh yeah, it's got suffering. No, he walks through our pain with us. That's the beauty of that. And he truly is all we need. So we have to ask the question, am I going to allow my faith to shrink or am I going to allow it to grow and draw me closer to Christ through my pain and my suffering? Because none of us, again, are exempt from it. Galatians 3, 4, were all your experiences wasted? I hope not. Paul talking to the church in Galatia because they were wasting their experiences with Christ and they were going back to their old way of faith. The only thing they knew, I'm going to earn God's favor through works, which we know that doesn't work. They were wasting their faith. And I think a lot of times we do that when it comes to the pain in our life. We just let our faith shrink. We simply look at our pain and our suffering, our difficulty, woe is me, I'm going through all of this, and we don't rely on our faith. We need to know there's positive things in our, in our pain, and God wants to grow our faith through us. He wants to draw us closer to his son. 2 Corinthians 7, 9, now I am glad I sent it. This is a letter Paul's talking about, not because it hurts you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have, so you are not harmed by us in any way. He basically, Paul sent a letter and blistered the Corinthian church for their behavior. And that when they read that letter, it caused them pain, but it also caused them to change direction. So learning number four, pain can move us towards Christ. Our pain can move us closer to Christ. So there's good in it. First Peter 4.19, so if you find life difficult, because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing, and he'll keep on doing it. So no matter where you're at today when it comes to pain and suffering, the hidden realities of that, and you may be fine. It may be months or years from now you endure pain and suffering. We have to ask God, hey, what are you doing through this? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to grow my faith? Are you trying to draw me closer to you? Are you trying to prepare me for something that's coming down the road? Just know the pain that you have, there's good in it. And God promises, I will bring good out of it. It may be good for you. Part of it may be good for you. And the rest may be good for someone else or for his kingdom. Doesn't matter. As long as we keep focused on that relationship with Christ and know good is going to come out of this. Let's pray together. God, again, I know there's people watching. There's people here today that are suffering right now. Physical pain, emotional pain, mental anguish, Lord, relationship issues. You know exactly what each person's doing. And I would pray that you would remind them that you're with them that you're going to carry them through this. 
And I would pray, God, too, that you would reveal what you're going to do through their pain. Lord, thank you for these families that were so faithful in dedicating their children to you, committing to raise their kids, learning about you. I ask you to continue to give them the confidence and the strength to keep going forward. God, that you would never give up on those kids or any kids until they know you. You'd keep calling them until they come to you. And the folks that were baptized, Lord, how beautiful a picture of that we saw this morning. Continue to grow their faith as well, as well as all of ours. Thank you for this church that made that possible, just their, their service, their, their generosity, their love, their willingness to invite people to hear about you. Lord, we want to continue to be a light in this community because when it all gets boiled down, Lord, you're all that we have and you're absolutely all that any of us ever need. In Christ's name, amen. So now I'd like to come together as a, as a family, an extended family, a church family and celebrate communion or maybe you grew up and you called it the Lord's Supper together. It's the second ordinance that Jesus left us with, baptism being the first. So again, if you're streaming with us at our online campus, you can go ahead and grab some supplies and celebrate with us as well from the comfort of your own home. I would ask if you are seated in the, well, they're, they're already figuring it out, the left, let's see here, the left seat on one section, there's a bucket under your chair. If you'll just grab that bucket Take one of those uh, things of communion supplies and pass it down your row. And when you get that, I'll explain to you in a minute how to open it. The only thing you want to do now is take that little cellophane wrapper off of the wafer. And then when we get to the part with the, the uh, juice, I'll help you with that as well and let you open that as well. But really, what is, what is communion? What is the Lord's Supper? It's a chance for us as followers of Christ to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, right? The only reason that we have salvation, the only reason that we're free, truly free, is because of what Christ did for us on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. He took our place, right? And he bridges the gap between us and God and makes us perfect in God's eyes because of his sacrifice. And this is what we remember when we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And, you know, the Apostle Paul kind of reminds us in the New Testament that we kind of got to get rid of whatever's inside of us. We should come to the table clean, in other words, before we celebrate communion. And just anything we're carrying on our heart, any junk that's in there, this is a great opportunity to just give it to God. And, and we all have junk, right? Maybe there's some unforgiveness in there. Maybe it's an unwillingness to change in an area God wants you to change. Maybe it's a difficulty with your spouse or, or with one of your children or even a friend. It's a great time for all of us from the quietness of our heart just to give that to, to the Lord. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for our time together, and then we'll celebrate communion. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much again, uh, Lord, for you being willing to send your son for us because we needed it, because you love us, because it was for our own good. Lord, forgive us when we hold on to things that you'd be better equipped to hold on to for us. 
when we don't come to you when we're trying to forgive, when we don't come to you when we're trying to resolve an argument or tension in our relationships. Lord, you know what each of us is carrying, the stresses, the pain, the problems, the difficulties. You know exactly every single one of them, no matter how little we think it is or how big we think it is. And Lord, I would ask that you would take these. Encourage every single person to give those things to you. And whatever it is, just hand it over to God right now. Just picture yourself taking that burden and dumping it in God's lap because he'll take it. He wants us to rely on him and to trust him. He promises in the New Testament that his burden is easy and light. And we need to call him on that. So just give those burdens to him. Jesus, thank you for the pain and for the suffering that you went through for me and for every person watching, every person here, every person on this planet. Or that you took our sins to the cross and you paid for them, paid in full. Or you allowed your body to be broken, which this wafer today represents. You allowed your blood to be shed, which this juice represents for us because you love us. Lord, that's, that's hard to believe how much you love us. So we're going to celebrate you today. In your name we pray, amen. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11.23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. You can open that cup. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Take the cup. Amen. Just a couple of things. Um, first of all, some of you know, and, and you've talked to me on the side, our youth are going to Florida next year to Passion Camp. They're having several fundraisers. One of them's the Heathwood Markets, uh, grab-and-go meals if you get one on Wednesday night. And then uh, Orange Bandana, a local business, is working with our youth. If you do your Christmas shopping or business gifts uh, for people there, they also... 
uh, are supporting our youth. So I appreciate what you're doing for that to help those uh, young adults, really, those teens get to Florida. Next week, as a church, we are kicking off a brand new series, a three-week Thanksgiving series, cleverly, cleverly titled Grateful. So I want to encourage you as we get, man, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And, and so is that other holiday that comes after Thanksgiving that you haven't done anything about yet. So I want to encourage you, uh, take a load off, come join us next week at either 9 or 1030, invite a friend. But thank you again for coming. Thank you for being a part of what happened today with these individuals and these families' lives. And uh, we celebrate you. So have a great Sunday and come back and see us. God bless you guys.